0: and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for your word. May we come to it humbly and position ourselves under your word as opposed to us coming to your word and positioning ourselves over it, that, God, you would mold us, you would teach us, you would guide us, and that your word would dwell richly in us this morning. God, we thank you that you speak. That's, even, that's just such a foreign concept. That, God, you are personal, that you speak. And so would you speak this morning? And may someone who maybe has never heard your voice before hear that still, small whisper for the first time. Because Jesus, I know from experience that that changes everything. It just changes everything. So give us hope this morning. In your name, amen. Amen. All right. Hey, guys.
1: I'm Mike, one of the leaders here at the church. And good news, Seth walked in at the end of that prayer. We prayed for over the West Bank team, so he got a piece of that when he came in the doors. Um, And sorry, we didn't, I didn't tell you about that. I just thought about it this morning. So... um, and it's great to see you guys here. Uh, we are in a new series, and we just finished going through spiritual gifts. Let me give you a picture of the year again. Uh, we just finished going through, or we started out in the book of Daniel. We went through spiritual awakening. We went to spiritual formation in the Sermon on the Mount. Then we went through spiritual gifts, and now we're into spiritual warfare, and we're going through the entire book of Ephesians uh, through the fall. So we just started last week, and, and this morning, for uh, to intro things, I want to intro Uh, the book of Ephesians and spiritual warfare in this topic a bit and then I'll intro a little bit uh, or more focused on our theme today which is rising hope. Last week we talked about rising confidence, confidence in Christ. Today we're talking about rising hope. So let me show you this picture, this image here. This is, I showed this a few months ago when we talked about spiritual gifts and just want to talk about this again. This is the the light spectrum and you look here, you got gamma rays on the left, all the way to radio waves on the right, and that little sliver in the middle, the, the colors in the in between ultraviolet and infrared, that's the visible spectrum. That's what we actually see. So you see here that they bring it out, you have all the colors there. And and in all this, in all this spectrum, we actually only see that little tiny piece. But but we wouldn't say that gamma rays don't exist. Well, actually, until 1900, they said they didn't exist. We didn't know. Uh, We wouldn't say that X-rays don't exist. We wouldn't say UV rays, radio waves. We wouldn't say they don't exist. Uh, But we don't see them. We know they exist because we see the effects of them, but we don't actually see them with our eyes. Uh, And and yet, and, and then the visible spectrum, that's the only thing we see. So think about it like this. The the world as god created it is the entire spectrum okay that's the entire spectrum what we see with our eyes is just the visible spectrum so think about it again with light if if there were if we could see gamma rays to radio waves we'd we'd see a lot of things floating around in the air right now We'd see all these different wavelengths. We'd see, when you're standing in front of your microwave, you'd see what's going into your food, and you'd probably say, maybe I shouldn't eat that. <laughs> when you see the sun and the UV rays coming down, you probably wouldn't stay outside as long because you're seeing all this stuff come into your body. Like, but but we, just, we don't see it, right? We just see the effects of it. Same thing with the spiritual world, the supernatural world to the natural world. Think of the spectrum as the entire world as God's created it, but our eyes only see a little sliver of it, okay? So in the spectrum then, what else is in there? What else exists? Well, that's powers and authorities and and dominions as Paul talks about them. That's that's angels and demons and and all this spiritual stuff that, that we can't see. But what we do is we say, well, that stuff doesn't exist, because we can't see it with our eyes. It's not verifiable. But like I said, we don't say that with gamma rays or x-rays or ultraviolet rays because we see the effects of it. And if we could open our eyes, we sang that song, if we could be aware more of of the Spirit and what God's doing, we could actually see what's going on. There's instances in the Scriptures where uh, in 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha's there with, with another guy, and there's this, incredible army that is against them and this army is this army is like just huge and it's foreboding and and it's about it's it's like striking fear in them and Elisha and his friend are there and and uh and Elisha's not freaking out and because this guy his his name's Gehazi this guy all he all he sees is what the eyes can see he sees this army that's about to kill them and about to take them out And Elisha's not worried because he sees much more than that. He sees more than the visible spectrum. He sees the Lord's army there, and he sees what's what's spiritually there. And so he doesn't fear. And so for, for most of you guys, we're living our lives just in the visible spectrum. And we've made it, just like this picture does, we've made it the entire spectrum. So we're not even operating in the top part. We just operate in the bottom part because we're just going off what our eyes see. This morning and through this series, as we talk about spiritual warfare, you might be sitting there today and you're like, spiritual warfare, what is that? It sounds so weird. What, do, what, are, we, what are we talking about? Um, I'm hoping through this series, I'm going to open your eyes to what, not me, I hope the spirit <laughs> opens your eyes as we go through the word, uh, what, to, to the entire spectrum so that we're not just operating in the visible spectrum anymore. We're actually operating in, in more of what God wants us to. So let's, let's go into um, the second thing. This morning, we're talking about rising hope. Again, last week, we talked about rising confidence, confidence in Christ and who, and who he is. And this morning, uh, we're talking about rising hope, and we'll talk about what hope is and, and how it works and, and why we should hope and all those things. Before we get there, let me intro it a bit. So a few weeks ago, or not a few weeks so a few months ago, Missy and I, we we're in South Africa, and we went great white shark cage diving. Anybody in this room ever done that? No, okay. Guys, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever done in my life. Like, I'm, I'm kind of an adrenaline junkie type guy. I went skydiving last year, I, I love stuff like this. So Missy is not. So I had to convince her that this is gonna be okay, it was gonna be safe. And I was like, if it's not safe, it's still going to be okay. We'll be with Jesus. Like, (laughs) I had to convince her that (laughs) this wasn't as foolish of a decision as it looked on the surface. And we're still here. So it was great. Um, We went. We're on this boat. We're just waiting for the shark to come. And they can't guarantee because it's a wild animal, right? So you go out there, and you're just, like, chumming the water. Basically, you're just, like, throwing blood in the water and waiting for this, this shark to come. And, and so it finally comes, we, we jump in the cage, and the shark is in there, or the shark is in the waters, and, and guys, I mean, it was like this close to us. I could have reached out and touched it. It was so incredibly amazing to see a great white shark uh, in life. You actually can't see great white sharks. They're not, they're not in aquariums or anything, because they'll, they'll die in aquariums. So the only place to see one is in the wild. So it was really awesome that we're able to do that, and, and so you have, you basically have people in a cage, and the shark comes, and you, you bait it, and it comes and swims by the cage, and it, it just makes its rounds every time it swims by the cage, and you get to see it and, and all these things, and it's really beautiful, and it's really amazing. <coughs> Sorry, I'm recovering from sickness this week, so I'm going to cough a lot, probably. Um, if you're listening online, I'll cover the mic, but Yeah. Just, I'm not going to apologize every time, but I'll, I'll start coughing a lot. Of, um, I'm assuming. So, back to great white shark cage diving. You guys should do it some sometime in your life. Here's the thing. <clears throat> we life is kind of like like is kind of like this. We have we have this enemy, and we we. Depending on whether you're inside the cage or outside the cage is where you have power and authority, okay? Like, your position determines your power and your authority. And and some of you guys are saying right now, well, I think I'm inside the cage. If, in this metaphor, Christ is, is the cage, then I think I'm inside the cage. And, and, and you're saying, well, why, why do I still experience temptation? Why do I expe- still experience, like, why does my life still feel like I'm a slave to sin? why, is, why do I still feel like I'm controlled by my anger? Why do I still can, feel like I'm controlled by lust? Why do I feel oppressed? why do I feel why do I feel like I'm being attacked by the enemy? Why do I feel all these temptations and all these things and and it may be because you're sticking your arms through the bar of the cage. I don't know. It may be because when you see the enemy come to the bars of the cage, you're freaking out and you're just immersed in fear instead of knowing uh, your hope and your confidence in Christ. And maybe because you're just freaking out. And, And it may be because you've believed the lie instead of the truth. And here's, and follow me here, here's the lie. The lie is that you're not actually, the lie is that you're in the cage. The truth is you're not actually in the cage. See, you're, switch that around a bit. Now, you both see bars, and that's why you think you're in the cage. The enemy is telling you you're the one in the cage. And you're not swimming out at open waters. You're not in freedom. You're actually in the cage. And you're in this tight space, and, and the enemy is there, and he's freaking you out because he's trying to, he's trying to get in. But no, just flip that around. You, you may see bars, but you're on the outside of the cage. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you're free. If you don't hear anything else this morning... I want you to hear that. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, you are free. You're not in the cage. The enemy is in the cage. The enemy is trapped. The enemy is defeated. We're not in the cage. Now, he's, he's maybe convinced you that you're in the cage, and, that, and you're still experiencing this oppression and this fear, and you're supposed to be a follower of Jesus, right? And you're thinking, I'm supposed to be a follower of Jesus. I'm su- I know I'm supposed to experience love. I know I'm supposed to experience forgiveness. I know I'm supposed to experience truth and all these things. But you still feel like you're in the cage. Jesus has not caged you. He's freed you. He's trapped the enemy. And now you're able to, f- to-, to swim and to go and to be free. And that's your truth this morning. You see, the the big thing about spiritual warfare, guys, the main battle lies between lies and truth. The main battle is between lies and truth. And we have truth. Yet we continue to choose to believe the lies. And if that's true, if the the main battle is between lies and truth, then the main battleground is where? It's in some place that we can't see. It's in your mind. The main battleground isn't physical. You know, you're not fighting off the devil. You're not fighting off the, devil, fighting off the, the enemy with, with your fists. The main battle with temptation, with lies, with deceit, with struggles is in your mind. And we've been given truth to replace uh, the lies with and to put that truth in us. And so... Last week, as we started out in Rising Confidence, we listed all these spiritual blessings, and that was to put truth into us, because Paul is laying this foundation. He's like, guys, if we're going to enter into this, if you're going to follow Jesus, if you're going to live this life for Jesus, you have to embody the truth. You have to believe the truth. You have to walk in the truth. You have to, you have to trust that I am the truth. So here's, here's a sampling of those things from Ephesians chapter 1 that we went over last week. And I'm going to go through them real quick because if uh, we went over all of them last week. But this is the truth for you guys this morning if you're a follower of Jesus, that you have spiritual gifts, that, he, that the Spirit has endowed you with certain things in verse 1. Also, that you have an awareness of God's will, that you can actually do God's will today, that you're a saint, not a sinner, that you have confidence, faith, belief, that you've experienced God's grace, his undeserving, un... un unmerited favor. You have peace. It's wholeness. You have this, it's, it's not, um, peace is this like holistic uh, shalom that, that the scriptures talk about. So And God is your father. He's intimate. He's personal. He's not just some grim reaper up there waiting for you to mess up. He's not just waiting to execute his plan. He loves you. He's pursuing you this morning. Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is your Messiah. You have every spiritual blessing every spiritual blessing like what we're listing here is just a sampling of them you have every spiritual blessing how amazing is that you're chosen in him you're holy in verse 4 you're blameless you're loved you're predestined you're adopted you're equal god is pleased in you god has given you purpose you're beloved you have redemption he's bought you at a price he's saved you he's rescued you you're forgiven you're lavished upon That's amazing that God chooses to lavish things upon us. That he has, he just chooses to give you so much. He's given you wisdom. He's given us insight, knowledge, unity. You are God's heritage. We have hope in Christ, which we're going to tease out in the next few verses. You have the word of truth. You have good news. You have salvation. You are sealed and marked as God's own possession. God says, No more enemy. This person is mine. They've chosen me. And you have no grounds here with this person. You have the Holy Spirit. You have an eternal inheritance. These are all things that we have in Christ Jesus. Those are all the truth this morning for you. Those are all things that you can believe and that you can hold on to this morning that you have in Christ Jesus. And in those first 14 verses, In Christ is repeated, in Christ, in him, in Christ, in him, over and over and over again, because all these things are only found in Jesus. You can't have any of these things apart from Jesus. And so that's our truth this morning. So as we go into the next thing, as we go into hope, I want to take us into this bottom line here. This, again, if you don't remember anything else from this morning, this is what I want you to remember. Uh, This is the bottom line of the entire sermon. Uh, hope in Christ is founded on truth in Christ to give you freedom in Christ. Hope in Christ is founded on truth in Christ. That's, our, that's the number one tool in your arsenal against the enemy in spiritual warfare, is truth. Hope in Christ is founded on truth in Christ to give you freedom in Christ. You're not in the cage, you're outside the cage. Christ has freed you. So let's go into verse 15. Paul writes, for this reason, because I've heard of your faith, your confidence, your belief, your trust, your conviction in the Lord Jesus. Now, remember Lord, when he calls Jesus Lord here, this is referring to Jesus having authority and might and power. He doesn't just have the ability to rule and reign. He has the right to rule and reign. He has both those things. And he is the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, watch the Trinity make an appearance here, guys. The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. There's Trinitarian power here. We have all three persons of the Trinity here Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, and the Holy Spirit. And he talks about wisdom here. And, and generally we we define wisdom as life experience, right? Uh, I think that's a general cultural definition of, of wisdom. The biblical definition of wisdom starts there, but it's actually a lot, a lot uh, deeper than that. It's and and yeah, it's just a lot more rich than that. And it's it's having Insight into the true nature of things. So you see, truth is a big element in wisdom there. So basic definition of wisdom that we're going to operate with is having insight into the true nature of things. And that changes our perception, guys. That changes our perspective. I was talking to someone this morning, or actually our entire prayer group was talking this morning about faith, hope, and love. And, and how we perceive these things and how we, how we operate in faith, hope, and love in our daily life. And the key there is perception. It is perspective. It is truth. And allowing that truth to change your mind. Remember, that's where the battleground is in spiritual warfare. The main battleground is, is in our minds. I don't know, probably most of us in here haven't had the devil come and attack us physically. I would, I would imagine. Um, some of you probably have, and if that's happened, we should talk. But most of us, it's just a daily battle in our minds. It's, man, I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm gonna fail at this. I'm a failure. I'm all these thoughts of negativity. It's, it's, uh, I can never do that. It's, it's, uh, oh. She doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. Oh, um, I messed up again. Oh, yeah, I'm a sinner. I can't experience God's grace. Oh, it's guilt and shame, guilt and shame, guilt and shame. And while God is over here saying grace and love, grace and love, and we're over here believing the lies of the enemy. And we're battling that daily in our minds, and he's trying to import truth into us. So he says, you've been given the spirit of wisdom. You actually have access to the true nature of things, End of revelation. This this word is like an unveiling. The Holy Spirit has unveiled something. He's, he's taken the scales off your eyes. He's, he's taken the veil away so that you can see clearly in the knowledge of him. Again, this is focusing, focusing us back onto truth, that we have access to this in the knowledge of him through the spirit of wisdom and of revelation. So that's, that's basically what our hope is, guys, that We've been given these things. So what, how do we get this? How do we access this? Well, verse 18. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. Guys, outside of Christ, which is inside the cage, with the enemy, outside of Christ, your hearts are blind, your hearts are hard, your hearts are in the darkness. In Christ, in freedom, your hearts are the opposite of those things. Your hearts can see clearly, finally. You have renewed perception, new, renewed perspective. Your hearts are soft. They're, they're flesh, the, the scripture says. They, they went from heart of stone and hardness to heart of flesh. And now, instead of being in the darkness, your hearts are enlightened. They're in the light. And you've been transferred from one to the other. Uh, Josh, do you have that Colossians verse up here? This is Colossians 1.13. Paul writes this in, in, to the church in Colossae. He says, he, God, has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. You have a different position in Christ Jesus today if you're a follower of Jesus. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you have access to that. You can be transferred from the domain of darkness and rescued from that and put into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the beloved, the kingdom of the Son. But the enemy is the father of lies. That's why our heart is hardened. That's why our hearts are believe the deceit. John 8.44 says this, that... Jesus talking to, it says, he's talking to basically the religious right, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, a group of, of Jewish people. He says this to them: You are of your father, the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he's a he is a liar and the father of lies. And that's who we were before Jesus. We're just believing the lie, and 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 here's the thing, guys. You're you're like, ah, oh, well, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not living a bad life. Like, I'm, I want to consider myself a follower of Jesus. You might say, but I don't think I'm living a life full of lies. Well, the Bible says that the the devil masquerades as an angel of light, and so the reason you might be thinking that is because you're like, my life's pretty good. I mean, things things are pretty decent. Uh, I try to, you may even try to live like Jesus, you may say, yeah, he's a great moral teacher, I try to live my life like that, um, but, and, and I'm trying to be, live my life comfortably, and everything's great, everything's good, but that's the enemy's tactic, like, he's, a lot of us think that in spiritual warfare, the enemy's going to come, come to us and, and it's going to be this devil with red horns and, and ugly face, and, and he's going to make it super obvious that you shouldn't follow him. No, he doesn't make it obvious. He says, hey, you think that's good? This is just as good. You can, you can have this too, and you don't have to work as hard for it. You don't have to do as much for it. Like, yeah, you can, you can have this. It's, what, it's the Garden of Eden. It's, it's, oh, God didn't exactly say that, Adam and Eve, did he? Like, he didn't exactly say that, and it's doubt. And it's like, oh, well, I don't think he exactly said that. And I think it's okay if I do it this way. And all of a sudden, you've exchanged what is good and what is perfect for the lie. And that's how the enemy works. And it's a constant battle in our minds, Jesus says he's the father of lies. That's his main tool. So which means our main tool should be truth. And he says that you may know what is the hope to which he's called you. Guys, it's, it's so cool here. Hope is actually a calling. Hope in the scriptures is not this doubtful uncertainty. Hope in the scriptures is based on who Jesus is and what he has done. It's something that is already settled. So when we hope in Christ, it isn't like, oh, I hope Jesus will do this one No, 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 Jesus has already done it. He has already rescued you. He's already redeemed you. He's already forgiven you. He's already loved you. He's already done, done all these things for you. So our hope isn't, oh, I hope he does this. Our hope is, no, look, he's already done it, and I'm experiencing this in my life today. And so hope comes, in the scriptures, hope comes with expectation. It comes with not just I hope Jesus will do this, but I actually expect that he will do this because he said he was going to do this. And so when we hope in Christ, we have this rich expectation. And he says, "Um, it's almost our calling. And, And he says, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? So how do you hope in Christ this morning? You open up yourself to the Spirit of God to enlighten your heart. And wherever you are in your journey of faith this morning, that has to be your first step to say yes to Jesus and say, yes, please show me, please enlighten my heart. But where is this hope? Like what's, what makes this hope so great? Verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his might? He uses four Greek words in there for, to communicate power and authority. Um, Greatness, power, strength, might. He uses all four of these things. That word great can be translated as strength. So, he, so there's like this, this richness of God's power and authority here in Christ Jesus, and it's founded in this in verse 20. He worked it in Christ, the Messiah, Jesus. When he raised him from the dead, it's in the resurrection, guys. Our, our power in Christ Jesus comes from the resurrection, comes from from the fact that he defeated death, the grave, and sin in one fell swoop. And he, he raised him from the dead, and not only that, but he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's our position, because that's Christ's position, which means that his work is done. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, meaning his work is done, That's where our hope is, right? That's where we can expect and have that expectation and and have that hope. And and because he's positioned there, we're positioned there. If you're in Christ Jesus this morning, if you've chosen to follow Jesus this morning, that's where you are seated. You're not actually, your physical body is here, but you're actually seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus. How beautiful and glorious and amazing is that? And I know what you're thinking. You're like, and why do I still struggle so much? Why do I still struggle? Why do I still have this life where, where I, I've chosen to follow Jesus, but it just feels like every day I'm falling prey to these lies? And we're going to talk about that more. First, you need to recognize that Christ has been raised from the dead, and that is where your power is. You, your power source may be for you. Uh, it may be you. And you think about plugging an outlet in the wall. Where are you plugging your outlet into? Are you plugging it into yourself and being self-sufficient? And I can do this myself. I, I, I don't need God. I can, I can do things just fine. That's what Adam and Eve did. Um, or, you, or you may even be plugging it into those lies into the enemy, and that may be your power source, or is your power source Christ Jesus in, in these things? So let's, before we go into the last few verses, I want to give you four practical tips, ways to experience hope, truth, and freedom in Christ. Remember the bottom line was to, actually, i yeah, flash it back up there. It's hope in Christ is founded on truth in Christ to give you freedom in Christ. So remember that as we go through these. So number one, big surprise, (laughs) if you've been around Trinity Life for any length of time, you know our vision statement is discovering your identity and destiny in Christ in order to influence our city and the world. So we're always gonna start with discover your identity. You have to know who you are. You have to know whose you are. You have to know who Christ is. You have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. And guess what, guys? For all of us who are in Christ Jesus, it's the same. We all have the same identity. There's no distinction between us. Jesus doesn't look at me more favorable than he looks at you. We're all the same in Christ Jesus. Because when God sees us, he sees Christ. He doesn't see us in our imperfections. He sees Christ in his perfect righteousness. You have to know your your identity. You have to discover your identity in Christ. Number two. You have to define your position. Remember, we just talked about position. And this is spiritual warfare, right? So we're on a... You have to picture yourself on a battlefield. Like I said last week, most of us are just like moseying around the battlefield not even knowing we're there. But you have to define your position. How do you do that? How do you define your position and, and where you are? You have to know the truth. Okay? Well, how do you do that? Well, what is truth? What, what is the truth for us? Well, this... This book is where we start. Now, listen to me closely when I say this. People get this mixed up when I say this. This book does not contain all truth. This book is all true. Okay? You guys still following me? We at Trinity Life Church believe that everything in this, in this book right here is true. But it doesn't contain all truth. Does that make sense? I, I can't go to here and say like, "How do I fix a broken arm?" Unless I say, "God, fix my broken arm," right? I, there's a medical truth that isn't in here. There's scientific truth that isn't in here. There's there's biological truth that isn't that isn't in here, right? Um, I met a guy this morning who's doing a PhD in epidemiology. Uh, he wanted to go to this book to get his PhD. In epidemiology right he will go to other truth right so you guys you guys understand that right but we believe this is all truth and for us in spiritual warfare this is our primary means of truth now God speaks through a variety of ways he speaks through this book he speaks through other people if you didn't believe that there's no reason you should be sitting here right now listening to me talk because I'm speaking right now and you're you're hoping there's some truth in there right uh, he speaks through nature, he speaks through um, prayer and, and our thoughts and, and a whole bunch of other things. So, uh, But we're always going to start here, because we know this is all truth. When I have certain thoughts in my mind, I'm like, wait, is that from God, is that from me, is that from the enemy, what, what is that from? When I hear Adam speak to me, I'm like, ah, oh, is that from the Lord, is that Adam? Most times it's just Adam, so I just ignore it. No. And, and we have to discern those things, and this is what helps us discern. The problem is most of you don't do that. It's like you're before the enemy. He has a sword. You have a sword laying right here. And you're like, no, I don't need that. And God's like, go to your sword. And you're like, why? I don't know how to use this. He's like, pick it up and read it. And we're like, no, I don't need the sword. And we just walk forward and let the enemy have his way with us. That sounds ridiculous, right? But that's what you do every single day. Because every single day, if you don't wake up with this in your heart, if you don't let the word dwell richly in you, if you don't hide the word in your heart that you might not sin against God, then you're going into that battlefield naked. And guess what? You're going to experience fear. You're going to experience attack. You're going to experience oppression. Because you don't know any of this truth. You haven't defined your position. And all those things in Ephesians chapter 1, if you could just memorize that and embody that, man, you'd be leagues ahead of where you are now. But most of us don't. We're, we're wondering why we struggle, and God's like, I've given you everything right here. I've given you what you need, and we say no to it every day. And I get it, guys. I know it's tough. I know the enemy's so deceiving. We're like, yeah, I'd rather watch Netflix. Yeah, I, I don't have enough time. I'm, I'm too busy. That's the biggest lie in our city today. Next time I talk to somebody and, they say, and you say you're too busy to me, I'm going to call you out on it. It's what I, but it's what we all say. I'm, I'm too busy for that. No, you just didn't make time for it. You make time for the things that you want to make time for. It's not that you're too busy. Everyone has the same 24 hours, guys. You choose to use those 24 hours in a way that benefits you. And that's the lie we're believing. Make time. If you don't want to struggle anymore, make time for Jesus. Define your position. Number three, be focused, not fearful. We have to focus on Christ and where he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Colossians says this in in chapter 2, verse 15. It says, he disarmed Jesus, disarmed the rulers and authorities, and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. That's, guys, the enemy is caged. He says, he says he disarmed them. And he put them to open shame. And he triumphed over them. And so we need to focus on Colossians 3 here. It says, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Our position, right? Seated at the right hand of God. His work is done. Verse 2, now set your, not your ears, not your, not your heart, set your minds, this is the primary battleground in spiritual warfare, set your minds on things that are above, not on things on the earth. For you, this is if you're in Christ Jesus this morning, for you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Verse 5 Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. And he lists all these things sexual morality, impurity, passion, evil desire, covetousness, idolatry, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he says, Put them all away anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Put off the old self. He says, You're free to put on the things of Jesus. Holy, beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, loving one another, unity with one another. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Do you want the peace of Christ to rule in your heart this morning? I heard one person say yes. I hope you do. Do you want the peace of Christ to actually rule and have authority and power in your heart this morning? Do you want to experience what that wholeness is like and what that peace is like? Then you have to focus on Christ Jesus where he's seated at the right hand of the Father and not be fearful. In spiritual warfare, you do not have to fear a defeated enemy. Amen. He's in the cage, guys. You don't have to fear a defeated enemy. Like He is disarmed. That's why when Paul gets this in chapter 6, he says, just stand firm. If you, if you could just stand firm... You'll be good. We'll get to that in like three months. <laughs> so let's go to let's go to number four, the last one. Be Christ-centered, not Satan-centered. So I'm saying all this, and some of our tendencies to focus on Satan and be like, ah, he's disarmed, and you want to stay by the cage, and you want to like point it, point that out. Like, get away from the cage, guys. I don't seek out a defeated enemy. You don't have to defeat the enemy. He's defeated. You just focus on Christ Jesus and live your life for Christ. And focus on that. The, that. That other stuff will take care of itself. The Bible says the New Testament is all about the life of the mind. Uh, Paul talks about the mind a lot. He says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you have the mind of Christ. You can actually know the thoughts of the Spirit of God. Because you have the spirit of God. He says in Philippians chapter four that you need to set your, he says, don't be anxious. Uh, The Lord is at hand, remember that? Uh, It's not a foreboding thing. He's like, "The the Lord's at hand, guys. He's close to us. Don't be anxious. He says, think on things that are pure, noble, trustworthy, of excellence, praiseworthy. He says, fill your mind with those things. Stop filling your mind with other things. We love to fill our minds with things that are not gonna benefit us. Just think about how you spent your last week and what you filled your mind with, what you listened to on the radio, what music you listened to, what, what, what you watched on TV, what you talked to people about, your coworkers, your neighbors, you know, what, what you filled your mind with when you were alone, what you read this week. What, what, did, what did you put in your mind? Was it things that Paul says are true, noble, trustworthy, praiseworthy, just, or was it things that don't belong in, in those categories? We are setting ourselves up for failure because we're not guarding our minds. So, guard your minds. Paul says in Colossians, take every thought captive. You have to take every thought captive and be focused on on directing all your thoughts toward Christ Jesus. That's how we pray without ceasing. So, Paul is all about this life in the mind. And and this is why. And this is why we can have hope, guys, in verse 21. And I'm just going to read this, the last few verses because it's very powerful. He says, so we're seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Verse 21, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. We're above everything in that spectrum, guys, everything in that light spectrum. And above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. If you're, a, if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, that may give you cause for concern. You may say, oh, well, if, if that's true, if that's true, and, and hear me right now, if you're not a follower of Jesus this morning, There's a battle going on in your mind right now that we can't see between the lie and the truth. And so you're saying, well, if that's true, that Jesus is above all these things, that he's defeated everything in this world, and they're all in subjection to him, that includes me. Whether I like it or not, whether I believe in Jesus or not, whether I'm a follower of Jesus or not, that includes includes me. And that should give you some sort of cause for concern to say, what is my position with with Jesus? Where am I with Jesus this morning? Am I in Jesus or am I out of Jesus? Am I in the cage or am I out of the cage? Where, Where am I? If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, and when I say follower of Jesus, I don't mean someone who just believes, has a mental assent to who Jesus is. I mean someone who is living their life For Jesus. okay. The Bible says in in the book of James that even the demons believe and shudder. They fear. Even the demons believe that he's Lord. They know they're defeated. So I'm not talking about just belief this morning, guys. If you're a follower of Jesus, if your life is centered around Christ Jesus, around following him, then this should give you cause for praise, for confidence, for hope. Because all those things that we talked about in Ephesians chapter 1, all those spiritual blessings, guess what? They're accessible to you right now. You are a child of God right now. You're in the kingdom of light right now. You have truth right now. You have redemption right now. You have salvation right now. You have forgiveness right now. You have love right now. You can experience joy right now and experience peace right now. Like all those things aren't just for some ethereal, future, abstract eternity. They're for right now. The abundant life, right now. How amazing is that? If you're not a follower of Jesus in here this morning... All those things are available to you right now. All you have to do is say yes to Jesus right now. Hope and truth and freedom right now. And if you do that this morning, you'll be holy, blameless, righteous because of Jesus. You will be sanctified. You will be justified before God. You will be glorified before God right now. In Christ Jesus. That's your truth this morning. And so wherever you are, I welcome you into that truth. And I invite you to say yes to Jesus today. And take your position from being in the cage to out of the cage. And to be in Christ. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the truth of your word. Thank you that we can actually live in faith. That we can actually live on hope. That we we can actually live in love. I can't imagine trying to live in those things outside of you. It's impossible. We, we, we would fail every time. And we'd have some successes, of course, because the enemy lets us have some, and he deceives us that way. But we'd eventually fail. Thank you that we don't have to try. Thank you that you did it all for us. Thank you that all we have to do is trust in you and say yes to you. Thank you that in doing that, you give us a new perspective, a new, uh, a new life. We're new creations in you, Christ Jesus. And so for those of us who have chosen to follow you this morning, God, I pray that we'd stop living in the muck. And I pray that we would know that we have all those things accessible to us right now. Thank you that you have defeated the enemy that you've conquered the grave. Continue to lead us into the abundant life right now. We love you, Jesus, and pray all this in your name. Amen.
0: If you want to know more about the TLC community, check out trinitylife.ca or you can find us on Facebook. Of course, we'd way rather meet you in person, so we hope to see you at a service soon.